Hi, it's Amy Newmark with three of my favorite episodes for you this Christmas week. These stories are going to inspire you as we head into New Year's, and they'll give you some ideas for New Year's resolutions that will actually work. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with some new favorites for you from a couple of our recent books. I'm trying something new for the summer, and I'm going to a a three-day-a-week schedule instead of five days a week. So on Mondays, I'm posting a podcast with a couple of my favorite stories for instant inspiration for you. And on Wednesdays, I'm posting a podcast with a couple of my favorite stories from our latest books. Fridays will remain the same. That's the day we post a longer podcast when I talk to someone who I think you'll find interesting. So there's a story that I can't get out of my head from our recent book about random acts of kindness. In this story, Jenny Wyatt tells us that she was taking a Greyhound bus from Salt Lake City to Tacoma on New Year's Eve. She was sick, so she was hoping for a nice, quiet seat by herself so that she could sleep through most of the 24-hour ride. Well, that was her plan. But when she boarded the bus, it was loud and crowded, and she ended up having to sit way in the back, which, just like it's in school, it's the place where the noisy, partying people sit. Jenny sat in front of two boisterous, intoxicated older men who lost no time getting to know their neighbors. Across the aisle from them sat a quiet older lady who didn't seem to appreciate their interest in her. When the bus started and they slowly exited the parking lot, the boisterous guys, who were named Opie and Carl, announced to the entire bus that just because they were on a bus on New Year's Eve, that didn't mean they couldn't celebrate. And as midnight approached, they started counting down loudly. Opie and Carl's behavior caught the attention of the bus driver. He pulled over and parked, and he walked down the aisle to the back of the bus to confront the two men. He said he was going to kick them off the bus at the next stop. By this time, everyone on the bus was awake and watching the events unfold in the back of the bus. Opie started to panic. Wherever he was going, someone was going to pick him up at the bus terminal for a job, and if he missed his ride, he wouldn't get the job. But the bus driver didn't care. He headed back to the driver's seat, his mind made up. Opie went down front. He apologized. He begged the bus driver not to kick him off. He needed this job. The bus driver got angry and said, If you say another word, I'm just going to leave you both outside in the freezing cold right on the side of the road. Opie walked back to his seat at the back, and everyone he passed saw his defeated face and felt bad for him. And then Jenny heard a yell. It was that quiet older lady who was sitting across the aisle from her. She stood up from her seat, and she loudly proclaimed that if Opie and Carl were getting kicked off, the driver would have to kick her off too. Then another man, a couple of rows ahead of them, stood up, and he said that he would have to be kicked off too. It was the middle of the night on a desolate mountain road. The temperature was dropping by the hour, and none of those people cared. All they cared about was the possible dire fate that awaited Opie. After the fifth passenger stood up for Opie, the bus driver gave in. He said Opie and Carl could stay on the bus after all. Jenny says she had witnessed something that she had never seen before. 
the power of a group of people to be kind and understanding and make something happen. These were just strangers on a bus, but they stood up for someone who was in trouble, and they got him a second chance. In another story about strangers coming together to do something good, we hear from Amanda Yancey in our book about volunteering and giving back. Amanda says that as a kid, she had always seen an elderly woman dressed in a bright orange vest carrying a garbage bag and one of those trash claws. She watched the lady for six years, and she thought she was insane for picking up trash. Who would do that voluntarily out in public? But later, when she moved on to college, Amanda would see trash caught in the grass or wedged in bushes, and she would get really angry about it. And she'd think, why isn't anyone picking up this trash? People are so inconsiderate. And then a light bulb went off in her head, and she realized that she could actually be that someone who would pick up the trash. And so Amanda found herself being the lady who picked up the trash out in public. She says that now she is constantly picking up pieces of trash, whether she's walking in the city or hiking in the woods. She volunteers for an organization called SOLVE, Stop Oregon Litter and Vandalism. She says that as weird as it may sound, picking up trash is a kind of thrill for her. In fact, for her 22nd birthday, her friends bought her a trash claw of her own and a bright yellow vest with her name on it. Amanda says the first time she went out wearing her yellow vest and carrying her trash claw, she got some hostile looks as if people thought she was a criminal doing community service. One couple literally crossed to the opposite side of the street to avoid her. Now, despite that, Amanda keeps picking up trash. And one day in Portland, while waiting for the streetcar to arrive, she was standing in a group of strangers and she noticed a large amount of trash that lay at their feet, mostly cups and bags from McDonald's. Amanda really wanted to pick up that trash. But in the middle of that crowd, she was a little embarrassed. Maybe people would think she was weird. But then she decided to just do it. She began cleaning up the space, and something amazing happened. The strangers around her helped out, too. So, like the people on the bus, these strangers waiting for the streetcar banded together and followed someone's example for the greater good. It might just make all of us a little bolder about doing something that we think is right even if we're surrounded by people who start out pretty skeptical. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening today. If you want to learn more about our new books and everything else going on at Chicken Soup for the Soul, join the 2 million people who follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website, chickensoup.com. And if you want to learn more about the two books I mentioned today, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Random Acts of Kindness, and Chicken Soup for the Soul, Volunteering and Giving Back, go to chickensoup.com and click on the podcast button. You'll see all the books that are featured on this week's podcasts. You can click on the picture of each book cover there and you can read more about it. Come back next time to meet James Scott Bell, the best-selling novelist who also helps writers become better writers and get published. He's a Chicken Soup for the Soul story writer. And we'll talk about that, too, and how he was inspired by Norman Vincent Peale to use his positive thinking as he advanced in his writing career. 